everyone, welcome to another episode of the Diva Chats Podcast. I'm your host Davian and today I want you to look at a special topic relating to my country and its possible future. Fun fact, I considered the idea of publishing this episode during Jamaica's independence celebrations or even a little bit later but I wanted to give myself the time to celebrate and just taking the festivities. Also, I decided decided to hold off this episode and not rush it since my previous episode was already done and was way more controversial and I said let me put that up first. If you don't know what I'm referring to, go check out my last episode on rape culture in Jamaica. Okay, let's take a breather. <sighs> yeah. As we reminisce on Jamaica's 60th anniversary of independence, I want to use this time to reflect. I want to reflect on what we as a people have gone through to achieve this independent status. Although most of us were never involved in the process that led Jamaica to this stage, we have been taught pieces of our history throughout our lives and we have come to know the reality that was prominent in Jamaica during the time of slavery and after that time ended. Now, the independence of Jamaica was a big thing, a monumental event that occurred in the year 1962. However, in the present day, one may argue that Jamaica is not independent because we still have the Queen as our head of state and we still have a Governor General representative to the Queen for our nation. So the reality is we are independent of British rule for the most part, but we have not completely broken ties with them. Therefore, we are not a republic. Another reality we must face is that this matter is not something new. Many government officials, politicians have discussed the prospect of being a republic and have mentioned a referendum to decide on this issue. But seeing where we are now as a nation, those thoughts never came to fruition. Fast forward to the year 2021. Other things happened in that year, but let me just mention two things. One, Barbados recently set the precedent of becoming a republic and completely broke away from the British rule. And two, Jamaica announced its interest in becoming a republic through the Honorable Andrew Holness's comments at a function that year and this was before the jubilee celebration of the queen and visit from prince william and duchess kate in light of all of this i decided to talk about this matter after being inspired by an article from the gleaner about a clarendon senior reflecting on the first independence which led me to have some strong views so thank the gleaner for pushing me to make this episode and i mean the more i read about it the more i realize that this is getting more discussion this topic is getting more discussion even at this moment recording this episode i am seeing a lot more articles on doing about this topic so i am i'm at the right place i'm at the right place so from this i will talk about what will happen if Jamaica removes the Queen as a head of state. Before I begin, I want to be clear on what I will talk about. The general question is, what will happen if Jamaica removes the Queen as a head of state? But I like details. I like details. So background information, what was Jamaica like before and after slavery? I look into the Jamaican constitution as it relates to separation of powers and the current relationship between Great Britain and us. Our main thoughts will include the following. The factors that I believe should be considered when making a transition such as this, along with three reasons why I believe we should 
become a republic. And three reasons why persons may want to retain the constitutional monarchy. To conclude, I hope to bring light to how I feel about this issue as a whole and give a brief overview of where I believe Jamaica has reached. Alright, let's start with a little, well, I wouldn't say little, but you know, history lesson. Let's start with some history lessons because I feel that if we're going to discuss systems, we need to know where we're coming from as a country. I'm sure that if you're Jamaican right now listening, you know the history, but regardless, I want us to have a fresh memory before we can move on. Now, we know that Jamaica was formerly colonized by the Spanish in the 1400s when Columbus found the indigenous group, the Tainos. And with the help of Spanish crown, he completely wiped them out, committed genocide to the point where there are now tiny traces of Taino artifacts in Jamaica. Until 1655, Spain was the mother country of Jamaica. But then Great Britain came, she saw us, she took us, she came, she saw us, she took us. They invaded and claimed the country under the crown. And this was from 1655 to 1962. Meaning that Jamaica had been a colony for the British for about 307 years. Let that sink in. Okay. The journey to becoming an independent nation was a hard one and a long one, and we cannot deny the efforts of our Jamaican heroes and other figures who were involved. Still, we also should forget the difficulties faced in getting to that point, because before our heroes became older and gained the consciousness to fight for this, to fight for us and fight the system, they had to face hardships. Their ancestors had to face hardships. And all these issues, some of these hardships included the harsh treatment faced by the enslaved Africans, the poor living and working conditions, which transcended into post-emancipation period, and we will see how, and the increasing death rate of Africans due to the previously mentioned factors, among others. In general, before independence, Jamaica was being run by the British Empire, even with slavery being abolished and emancipation being granted by 1838 to the former slaves. The reality was that many Jamaicans thought that they could run the country by themselves without the UK supervision, and this was further emphasized when the Caribbean territories came together and said, let us farm the West Indies Federation. And this action was done in 1958. The, the Great Britain Empire, the British Empire, was still in control of the colonies without exhausting much of their resources to maintain them because the Federation consisted of member states. If you were bigger, it means you had more resources to give, and if you were smaller, you mean a little help, but you could have still survived on your own. Great Britain, they made this a very cheap, cheap tactic and also effective. Because while the member states were working together to strengthen their countries and the regional whole, Great Britain just had to send some authorities to supervise them but not actually work with them. The member states, they worked together to say before, they worked together to strengthen themselves in the region. And they may have realized that they could survive independently. But unfortunately, issues came along in the Federation and it took a very big took a very big turn when Jamaica, one of the bigger member states, held a referendum which led to them withdrawing from the Federation and lobbying for independence, which took place for us on August 6, 1962. One of the changes that were made as a result of Jamaica gaining our independence and was done before it took effect was a change in the structure of government. 
Previously, Jamaica was run by internal self-government in the period of slavery, meaning that the plantation owners were the higher authorities in government. They did answer to the UK, but the UK could influence the laws that were made in the colonies. And these laws, if I'm not mistaken, were called the British Police Laws. So the plantation owners, they ran their colonies and the UK could not influence them in how to make or change their laws. However, this structure did not last forever as a result of the Marant Rebellion in 1865, where persons were facing hardships from highly priced goods, heavy taxes, and an unfair justice system with little advantage to the former slaves turned peasants. And this is where the poor working and living conditions came in because the former slaves they became peasants so they became farmers and they had their own free villages those who were still working on the plantations were now working to get paid but they weren't being paid enough they were not being paid enough so they could not supply themselves or their families and take care of their community as a large so it was better than being subjected to slavery but it still wasn't enough because the society was still there the society of slavery the structure of slavery was still present in society and it did not give them any benefits so this along with the government being oblivious to their concerns culminated into the 1865 rebellion this letter battle between Governor Eyre, who was commissioned to Jamaica at the time, and Paul Bogle, as well as George William Gordon. Funny enough, Governor Eyre had a dislike towards Gordon, who challenged him on his policies. And we do not know if Gordon was involved in this. We don't think he was, based on historians, we don't think he was involved. But Governor Eyre believed that Gordon was a mastermind, which is why, which is why, the governor enacted martial law on the country and executed our two heroes, who were mentioned, Bogle and Gordon. They were executed, and this caused an uproar in the country because they had to be taken from their location where they were to be tried and charged and therefore executed. So he actually took them all the jurisdiction and charge them in his jurisdiction he literally manipulated the justice system to get his way and with this chaos ensued in the country so the assembly decided so let us relinquish all power to the UK because this now work out this 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 government now work out for me so the UK said okay Damage control, Crown Colony Government, 1866. And this type of government consisted of a legislative council, a governor, six officials, and three non-official members. So push it forward to 1962. This year, that year rather, saw transition into the structure that we know today where the government is a constitutional monarchy. This allows for the head of state to be the queen, who is represented by the governor-general, who is a Jamaican. He is of Jamaican nationality. And we also have our prime minister, who is the official leader of our country. Now, this is where separation of powers comes in. The government is separated into three organs of state, legislative, executive, and judiciary. The, the separation of powers allows for each organ to carry out a specific function without imposing on each other, and therefore it made the country more organized in that sense. The legislative, also known as the parliament, consists of the senate and the house of representatives. So, you have the same thing, you have a lower house. This body, legislative, they make the law. The executive consists of the queen, represented by the Gigi, so Sir Patrick Allen, the prime minister, and the cabinet. 
with the help of government agencies this body enforces the law and the judiciary is a body of judges who interpret the law with the help of various courts organized to handle certain matters depending on how big those matters are with the highest court being court of appeal well the highest court is the supreme court but if you have a case you want to be retried the highest court is really the court of appeal and you have the lower court the lowest court the magistrate court now you have a bunch of other courts the gun court family court yeah these courts and the judges they come together and they interpret the law no jamaica has been independent for 60 years and we have that covered but how could you describe the relationship between us and the uk for starters it's been clear the queen is still our head of state and although she is not involved in our day-to-day governance, she is important for ceremonial reasons. I suspect that she's involved for way for a lot more, but it's more baseline. Baseline. As a result of this, as a result of this and the history that we have with Great Britain, we are a part of the British Commonwealth, consisting of countries that were under British rule. There is one fact I want you guys to know from this. Jamaica is a part of two bodies under the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth realm and the Commonwealth of Nations. I don't think that many people know this. I know I did before this episode, so we're learning something new today. But when talking about the Commonwealth, you may have to be specific about which part you're referring to. It depends on the country, right? Be specific. Because the Commonwealth realm consists of countries that were colonized by Great Britain. But here's the thing, they have retained the Queen as their head of state. The Commonwealth of Nations, they do have the countries that were under British rule, but are more general because they are countries that have gone republic but are still in the Commonwealth because of their colonial history. So Jamaica is in both the Commonwealth of Nations and the Commonwealth realm. But Barbados now, Barbados will only be in the Commonwealth of Nations. She will be pushed out of the Commonwealth realm because Barbados turned Republic. Now, with this relationship with the Commonwealth, we have received some support in the years of elections, as in training persons about elections and the process. Yes, countering violent extremism, youth and education, trade, sustainable development, and climate change, just to name a few. From this, we can safely say that we have a cordial relationship with Great Britain even to this day and it doesn't seem as if the relationship will completely break away since jamaicans have been benefiting from it for example the world scholarship and i think the shaving support that we have gone based on our history with great britain so now given that i've explained the background in quite a lot of detail i fully feel that we can move on and transition into our main thoughts the idea that jamaica will become our public at the year 2025 the time of the next general election is somewhat promising to me but also concerning because why now what is so special about this period that makes it a perfect time to focus on this matter as one of our priorities? Based on the many interviews that the Most Honorable Andrew Holness has had since December 2021, he has expressed his views on why he felt strongly about making this move in forwarding the nation. Speaking at the opening ceremony of Crystal House in Twickenham Park, St. Catherine, in response to the public discussion that was made because he commented on empty symbolism at the official opening of the Ocean Eden Bay Hotel in Chilani, the Prime Minister stated, There is no question that Jamaica has to become a republic. Who is arguing that point? 
we have put together a plan to move towards that in a way that is meaningful and substantial in function and form. That is what we are going to do." End quote. In addition to this, he has also noted that even as his administration aims to move Jamaica in a new direction, we must be smart about it. Said here, quoted, let's be smart about how we move ahead. We have made substantial progress in this country on addressing our fiscal issues, for example, that have placed us on a pathway for our economic independence. Now we have other institutional issues to address, which truly place us on the pathway of economic, political, and social independence." End quote. In summary, he assured the public that our 60th year would be a big year and that they will be doing many things to establish who we are as a people. And I will say, I think he held up to his words because there were a lot of events that happened this year, a lot of traditions that came back during independence season that were not here because of COVID-19. So I will hold him on that. I will applaud him on that. So if you want more information on the comments he made that pushed him to reinforce him at the event I referenced in Twickenham Park, I will send you the link from Loop News to give you more details. In terms of how the opposition felt about his upcoming change, former Prime Minister PJ Patterson seemed to be for it when he wrote a letter to the current Prime Minister and opposition leader Andrew Collins and Mark Bowling respectively two days after Barbados several times with, with the British, stating it would be, quote, proposed to contemplate the Diamond Jubilee where our constitution rests on an order in council dated the 23rd July 1962 and the head of state who does not reflect our own image, end quote, and to, quote, repatriate our constitution, end quote, by 2022. To be fair, Patterson wasn't the only voice from the PNP clamoring for this country to become a republic. The opposition leader Mark Golden and the Shadow Minister for Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade Lisa Hanna have both made clear that they were both ready to help put this move into motion. Honestly, if you do all the research and date back, the PNP has been pushing this agenda since Patterson's reign, which explains the reason why he feel a need to speak about it at this time it's, it's most likely that was most likely the reason he spoke up and his successor which was similar also was a strong opponent during her reign at the end of the day we can safely say that both national parties in jamaica are in agreement with this move however Pushing that Jamaica should become a republic is different than actually taking the steps to become a republic. And if you read on it, this argument has been raised and considered by many authorities. So the question is raised. What exactly do we need to do to prepare for this new change? Firstly, there needs to be a two-thirds majority in both houses the Senate and the House of Representatives. Now, I did mention that the PAP expressed their agreement to become a republic, but the Holiness administration would have to explicitly show how they would maneuver and approach this move with convincing details or the opposition would call it bluff. They would call it bluff. Additionally, every Jamaican has to agree that we should even be a republic at all using a referendum. If you have no idea what that is, it is a direct vote in which the people are asked to either accept or reject a particular proposal as defined by byjust.com and it is used when the government wants a public opinion on laws and policies being made. In the case of this, referendum would have to be given up to decide if it should be a republic and from this, we could decide and make moves on how to approach it. Now, let me just say this. I would have thought that many people would think we should make the move. But surprisingly, there are those 
a reasonable number who either don't care or don't believe we need to take this action. To me, that is fine because not everyone shares the same opinion. But some people who disagree with this proposal, some people who disagree with this proposal cannot even attempt to state why they want to retain our current status. They have no evidence, no practical arguments, and no sensible opinions at that. I'm not saying that everyone has a high level of intellect and that you have to agree with everything I say or a person says in general, but we have common sense and we are practical in some way. But sometimes when discussing certain things, people are so dense, right? And I'm not referring to those who actually have reasons why they don't want this move to happen. I'm talking about those who just said they don't want it, but they can't get a reason why. When I get a reason, it just make no sense. Yeah. So with the first steps being discussed, so making sure two-thirds of the party, I mean the houses, have a vote and a referendum, these must, these must be executed well enough to have a chance to change our status, especially the referendum. Also, there needs to be a requirement of a three-month period between the date when the bill is tabled in the House of Representatives, the lower house, and the commencement of the debate. Afterwards, there, ne- there needs to be another three months before the bill is passed in the house. So, a good six months to a year, really and truly. All this that I have reported were statements made by the Minister of Legal and Constitutional Affairs, Marlene Malahu Fort, when addressing Jamaicans to exercise patience in regards to this move. Patience. This is exactly what we will need to see this plan through, to see it executed. There may be steps that I have missed because the reality is this is an ongoing topic but I'm here to cover as much as I can. Alright, we have summarized the steps that might have to be taken to execute this move. But there is something I'd rather place good emphasis on. Why should we even consider to becoming a republic? This is our million dollar question money I don't have, but you know what, we'll move. Based on a video from Jamaican Ari, go check out her channel, she's a Ukrainian living in Jamaica. There were some points that I agreed on and decided to expound on them here from my perspective. Number one, firstly, it would be, it would be a major step towards entirely removing ourselves from our colonial history. Let me explain. Well, we can never remove ourselves from the history of our nation, but we can make the choice to move on, and that is what I mean by removing, essentially releasing ourselves from what is left of our history. Fun fact, Queen Elizabeth II is the longest serving monarch in the world, and she has been the Queen of Jamaica since 1952. If you notice, the Queen has been in reign a while before we even gained independence, and I'm sorry, but that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Knowing that she came to power while Jimmy was still a colony doesn't sit right with me, nor does the fact that her family has grown and chose to live a life as if everything is peachy. I honestly don't know if Great Britain had a conscience back in the day. Don't fight me. But there is no way I would sit here and know the history and still want to be under the very queen who had close ties to colonialism. I have a feeling that there are many persons who are thinking dope by the hand that feeds you. But here's the thing, no one asked the human to feed us, okay? No one asked. The imperialistic nature of Great Britain and many other countries leaves a bad taste in my mouth and we have heard about devastation caused in invaded countries. So in that case, I am sorry for not appreciating the enslavement of our people while I acknowledge the impact it had on our culture today. We can do both but still have a hate towards it. Okay? Okay. But 
that is a burden we have to bear knowing that history cannot be changed so the only thing we can do is live from it and move on which is what becoming a republic does for us set the tone from moving forward two secondly <laughs> secondly the removal of the queen as a head of state will allow someone of jamaican nationality to have that position think about it why should we continue to have our head of state be someone who is curious about our culture and customs sure they could learn about it but you will not gain the full support of the people if you do not fully understand what the people face simply put you would never let an outsider let an outsider run your country so why is jamaica doing this to ourselves why are we doing this to ourselves there is just something about knowing that the head of state can be someone who has well immersed knowledge of jamaican culture and is one of our own also to add to this point by de facto Jamaica is already run as a republic because as said before the queen is only here for ceremonial purposes a little bit more than that i suppose but she is not involved in our day-to-day governance so i believe we should bad bullet and let her go if she is not influencing any of the laws that we make directly mind you the british influence our laws because of colonial history had an effect on us but we have managed to establish the law it is something suitable for jamaicans and we can't deny that bite the bullet i say bite the bullet and let her go for this one reason give someone from our country a chance to be the head of state the ultimate symbol of authority because we should be able to trust our own to lead us three it will give the government a chance to renovate the major institutions that hold our country together. This point was something I thought of by reading a Miami article regarding this very matter, and it brought up the fact that this move may be the one to push us in a more modern direction. There is a fear that the government will use this to completely sabotage our system as a whole, or they will use it to amend some discrepancies with our system so there's a chance for example our education system is based on a british model which causes some subtle biases to be passed to our schools and to our students we have the chance to completely revolutionize the institution education and the option of keeping the model should be up to us we can navigate through that rather than trying to make small adjustments that may influence in the future not influence interlace in the future also we will be able to also also oh my gosh i'm repeating we will be able to broaden the business opportunities for many jamaicans to benefit the government and generate income and possibly a higher standard of living a higher standard of living the reason i say this is because although we can keep some links with the uk we will have to depend on the natural resources and the people here to sustain us and this will be a great opportunity to improve our economy in the long run now the former prime minister well former because he isn't here anymore i'm just gonna say former but former prime minister michael manley held the view that the westminster model the british model was best suited for jamaica because it was something many jamaicans were used to and because it has a word for many countries to be best but yet still jamaica has problems no i am not here to argue with michael manley's view because he has done something that i could never do run a country different times different times i will not argue with him so do not come for me and think i am disrespecting michael manley i am not disrespecting michael manley but as i said before jamaica still has problems not that this model of government is a reason because 
It is not that we may find examples to counteract Mandy's claims, as there are all exceptions to life when it comes to how our particular outcome is. However, it is obvious he thought this through at the time he made this statement. Regardless, Jamaica still has problems. But with that case, we will not argue on the model. But seeing as we are now, there are things that could be changed. The British model could be changed into something better. We have the chance to do that, but we just need to be given the chance or we need to take the chance. Although I'm inclined to believe that many Jamaicans want this Republic route, I read a lot and I observed quite a lot. And when I tell you I observed, I observed quite a lot. And I see the point for maintaining our constitutional monarchy. One such point, this is the first one for the opposite side, one such point is that the Kona Republic will not solve our problems such as crime and violence, corruption and extortion. It will not solve our problems. Okay. To this I say, stop. Just stop. Stop, just stop. Because Great Britain, and as a matter of fact, many first world countries have numerous issues which may be more extreme because they are first world countries. So what is stopping us from having these same problems? Jamaica has had corruption problems, problems with the justice system, crime and violence for many years and these problems have never been lessened because we had the Queen as our head of state. They have not been listened because we have rather as an state. Look at it. The Queen never had any influence on the problems we put on ourselves, or rather, the problems heightened by our local government as our head of state. So why would it disappear if she left us? If anything, I believe that if we became a republic, we can place righteous blame on our local government when these problems persist in our country instead of thinking that if we're still dependent on the queen it would be better it would not be better because the queen never held any authority to make laws or policies in the first place she's only here for ceremonial purposes therefore from the get-go Jamaica has had these problems because of our government which means to me if the queen left the post, it would not make a difference. I feel like persons who use this argument are trying to insinuate that the queen improved the state of our country, and I beg to differ because even before we get independence, Jamaica was still a colony, and we had issues. So for me, that argument does not hold up. It does not hold up. Another argument you to retain. The monarchy is a fact that it would be costly to change into a republic and elect a president. This argument was also brought up by the video from Jamaican Ari, and I agree with her on this standpoint. Here's the thing we do not have an exact outline of all the government spending their money. Wait, um, hold on, I have a call, I have a call right now. Um, hello? Yes? Um, we do have an online on the fiscal budget for Jamaica. Really? I could watch debates on YouTube. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so my source contacted me and she said that we could. So guys, we have an online on Jamaican budget for the fiscal year 2022 to 2023, which we're currently in. So let's get details. A total amount of 912 billion Jamaican dollars was expected to be spent throughout the year with this money being separated into three types of expenditure. Non-debt recurrent expenditure which is amounted to 539.4 billion Jamaican dollars. Capital expenditure 65.1 billion Jamaican dollars and debt service expenditure 
307.5 billion Jamaican dollars. All right, so we have an idea of how much money our government is spending in Jamaica. But if you want to take an extensive look at this, I will put the link in the bibliography. Also, you can find videos on the debate on YouTube. So that's sort out. So how does the point of spending too much money comes in? Well, the GG and his office are solely funded by the government of Jamaica and receive an annual allocation from a consolidated fund. Okay? Okay. Also, the King's House Foundation, a limited liability company, provides some funding for the maintenance of the grounds. Level with me now. Budget for this year had an increase of $81.2 billion. Now, if you have the idea that the budget might increase in the next two fiscal years, the money that is being used to finance and maintain the GG, his employees, and his resources could very well be transferred to the person who is chosen to become our new head of state. Therefore, there is a possibility that we might have spent extra for this change, but if the government thinks about this enough, we won't have to be as expensive, or rather, the change will be as expensive as we are led to believe. Another factor of this argument is that when people say it will be costly to change, there is a chance they are referring to the constitution. Reason with me now. Amendments, a lot of amendments would have to be changed or completely removed of some or completely removal of some laws would have to occur. This is where spiritual powers comes back and also I believe legal studies in general. Remember, the Queen is our head of state, which means she is mentioned in many areas of our constitution given that she is the head of the executive branch of the state. Therefore, she would have to be removed from every section that mentions her as said head of state and make some major up, uh, adjustments to accommodate us in the future. Also, I don't think anyone thought of this when we mentioned this argument, or I'm hoping people did think about it, but legal studies would be affected because teachers, professors, and lecturers will have to maneuver their tactics to teach a new curriculum because at this point, a new curriculum would have to be made. Or it wouldn't be made, but the curriculum would be changed. Textbooks would have to be changed. As in, wording on the textbooks would have to be changed and resources would have to be changed because of the new laws that we will have because of the change. The entire justice system will have to be renovated and overall the matter of spiritual powers will have to be thoroughly assessed to not cause confusion between the new authority and the current ones because when it comes to it, what would the president do that the prime minister cannot do? Or what would the prime minister do that the president cannot do? Because at the end of the day, the prime minister would not be the official leader, it would be the president. These are things that will take place when you change the constitution and it will be costly. So, I understand this argument. This argument makes sense, right? It makes sense. Three, we are doing fine as is, so why should we change our status? <sighs> I am very familiar with this question. And I completely understand this rhetoric, but I want to define what is fine for Jamaica. Are we doing fine at this time? Can you safely look at this different country and call it fine? Can you? I wouldn't say so much. There's always room for improvement, and after the pandemic, we hit a pothole in national development, among other areas. This question is saying to me if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The fact of the matter is, this isn't only about how Jamaica will benefit from removing the Queen, it is merely about the symbolic importance that this holds. And yes, the Prime Minister mentioned empty symbolism. So it seems to me he has an idea of how it would look to want to make a change like this. 
and it turns when it doesn't mean anything. So he, I will have asked for he thought about this when he said empty symbolism. But back to this, I believe it's a matter of us being too comfortable with where we are. We believe we shouldn't change, not just because we are very okay with where we are. And I believe that this is a tricky thing. The reason I say this is because think about opportunities we couldn't have a republic country that country that would have freshly left the raid of the queen and no longer need to depend on her for some things there is research that concludes that even if we leave the queen there are many links that we can still maintain with them if needs be i truly think that this question is built of fear of leaving something that many persons are used to we are not used to change with more than reasonable evidence that we should but sometimes you just know that you have to move. Sometimes you just know that a transition needs to be made and I believe that this is a possible reason for the Prime Minister's views on this matter. He just knew that we just had to change. He just knew. because I have said a lot of things and this episode is going to be a very long one so guys if you listen to this thank you so much for the support and be with me because this one this one long so as I said before I, I want to say some things there are a few things I noticed and I want to discuss on it first let me just say that this has been one of the hardest episodes to research and write a script for so far. So far, it's one of the hardest. And I think the reason is that although this is not a new concept for Jamaicans to think about, we have never progressed this far in the conversation. We have never progressed from politicians saying, I believe that Jamaica should be a republic, to I have decided to take this step for Jamaica to become a republic. We have never gone past that point, so therefore the conversation is still ongoing. As of right now, the conversation is still ongoing because I can find a lot of articles on Jamaica, as I said before, that are saying, go republic, go republic, time to change it, no. So with information that doesn't stay stagnant it was hard for me to write this episode and overall record it another thing is that researching this topic brought up some old statements about jamaica and our relationship with great britain which meant that topics such as slavery and repatriation came up let me just say something about reparation i don't believe that Great Britain will ever give us reparation. Ever. We should not be wasting our time on something that seems non existent at this point. This is also not a new concept, and if Great Britain wanted to give it to us, they would have. But seeing where we are, we can assume where the parties lie. Plus, this is something that I didn't think about recently, but it just came to me. Way, way back in the episode, I said that we received report, um, support from the Commonwealth in terms of elections and so on. And we also have received a lot of scholarships from the UK, so like the Rhodes Scholarship, the Chevenin Scholarship, which has recently passed. So, in my mind, I don't know if this is their intention, but in my mind, I'm thinking maybe these elements, these um, scholarships, grants, these um, aspects of the Commonwealth, maybe this is their way, the UK, maybe this is the UK's way of saying, hey, we are going to give you some monetary contributions for what we did to you. But we will not give you any more money, so just take this and work with it. I didn't think about it before, but it's something to ponder on. 
as I just did. Number three, the issue of Jamaica being independent in the first place has also been raised. Many people believe that we are under illusion and that great Britain still rules us, dare I say, just like stupid is. But I do not believe it. I do not believe this because once upon a time, I too had that same sentiment. I too shared the same sentiment, but I decided to keep an open mind. The fact of the matter is, we are independent in more ways than we think. And just as other, other nations recognize us, recognize our independence means that we are independent. It's such a very, it's such a sad thing to say, but the fact is, Great Britain had to acknowledge our independence, and if they didn't, many of the opportunities that we have gotten, we would never have gotten them in the first place. Many of the opportunities that we have now, we would never have seen them in the light of day. And a perfect example of recognizing independence is Haiti. France didn't fully recognize Haiti in 1804 and this the relations with other countries that were free to stand against France. In, con- in summary for this point, we were just a very, a very unfair hand. But we have a, we have come a far away, and this is something that I will never dismiss. Jamaica is a beautiful country, full of natural resources and vibrant people, and we have come a long, far away from being colonized to fighting for freedom, to transitioning as a new independent country to contemplating the republic route. We have set some standards for ourselves and we have pushed some boundaries. We are not perfect in more areas than one such as ongoing issues of our nation and fear that once we remove the Queen, the Jamaican government will have full control to throw us into the ditches. To throw us into the ditches. But my thing is, the government they had that control already. They have most of that control already. And if you want to see the change in how the government operates and approaches the welfare, we have a right to say something. After all, we are a republic. I mean, oops. Oh my gosh, David. Obviously, obviously you want this change. No. We are a democratic nation. Wow, Davian. 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 Even are you are you, what, what are you saying, David? Do you want a republic? Anyway, I was trying to say that we're democratic, so we have the right to say something and make action. This topic is getting to me. <laughs> this, is, this is getting to me. This is getting to me. This episode was once centered on emotion because, in the grand scheme of things. This issue comes down to how we feel as a country and if we feel like this is the right way to go or not We have a right to express how we feel and be able to back up the evidence and be sensible about it With that being said Thank you for listening to another episode from the Diva Chats podcast I'm your host Daviana signing out